Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with Lyle and... Renee, good morning. Renee, we <laughs> missed you earlier in the week. Yeah, I was away. <laughs> we were expecting you here on Tuesday and, well... Yeah. We had to put up with Blake instead. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> nah, Blake was good fun. Yeah. It was good fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's good to have you back again. Thank you, Lyle. How are you this morning? I'm very good. Um, very good? Yeah, glad uh-huh. to be back. Good. Very good is better than good? Yes. <laughs> are, are you exceptionally good? Uh, um, well, like, let's go with very good. We're going to go with very? Tomorrow, yeah. uh-huh. I might be at ex- exceptionally good. Because tomorrow's the last day of the week. Yeah, and I love a good Friday. Fridays and, are good. And Sabbath is coming. Oh, the weekend yes. is coming. Yeah. Okay, so it might be exceptional tomorrow. We'll have to check back in. Yeah. What are you thankful for this morning? I'm very thankful for, um, I'm very thankful for my friend, um, but I want to be more specific. She gave me some flowers the other day. Nice. Just a, just a gesture that was really, really kind. And I, she knew I was stressed for, you know, with assignments. It's crunch time at uni. So she gave me some flowers to cheer me up. So I was very, very grateful for that. that what color? Purple and white. There you go, purple and white flowers. I was going to ask what kind, but that would have been kind of meaningless to me. <laughs> I don't know much either. But they're purple and white. Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. You know what I'm thankful for this what you, morning? What are you thankful for, Lyle? Do you headsets? Yes. Doesn't it sound different? I'm still adjusting to it, but yes, it sounds crisp. I start, started talking and like, oh, my, my voice is so crisp and clear <laughs> and it's got that, even got like... Like a well-defined edge around each word. It's, it's kind of fun to listen to. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, uh, Christmas came early here in the Faith FM studio. We arrived and there were presents. Oh. Always nice to have presents. New headsets right You're here. listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Fantastic. Let's have some positively different news. Okay, so some positive different. I can't even talk this morning. Some positive news in the world today. Um, there is a community in rural Yemen, which is a country in the Middle East, which are empowering women by building uh, through solar projects. Now. That sounds pretty confusing, but let me explain. So in, in, in Yemen, um, many people have no access to power. And so that means that they're either reliant on no power or they're reliant on polluting diesel generators. And so there's a project that is working to change that. Um, so in Yemen, uh, opportunities for women to earn up, earn an independent living a few, which means women are very dependent, um, on, on, on their family, on men around them. And, and, um, that's, you know, it doesn't really Really, uh, if they're in a situations where that's not very helpful, it's, uh, it doesn't help them. Um, so one group of women have found ongoing employment by building a solar microgrid, which provides energy for their rural community, which is super cool, especially being a rural commuti- community. Um, they're not connected to major cities, which means they struggle in, in gaining, um, you know, electricity in their, in their town. So microgrids for people who don't know, um, basically it just powers villages or industrial projects and they can operate independently, um, from major cities. Um, and so so basically 10 women who live in the Abs district in north of the country, close to the border of Saudi Arabia, have set up a 26.8 kilowatt capacity microgrid in January last year. 
So, so now it's providing women with a sustainable income and it allows them to v- develop their professional skills. That's super cool because, I mean, this is a country that's been absolutely, you know, destroyed and wrecked multiple times over. Yeah. And to see people who are, you know, rising above all of the destruction that has taken place yeah. and to be doing something super positive and that's just amazing. Great it is. Go. It is. Absolutely. In fact, Yemen ranks at the worst country in the world for women at on the World Economic Forum's um, annual global gender gap index. So you're absolutely right in saying this project is very, very good. It's empowering women. In fact, um, uh, uh, Iman, uh, uh, one of the microgrid owners, says that at first they made fun of them because they were doing men's work. But now the community is respecting us as we are business owners. This project has built the the trust um, and broken the red line in dealing with men. And we are now contributing to the family monthly budget to cover food and other life requirements. Yeah, that's cool because, I mean, until you've traveled to some of these countries, you don't actually understand just how oppressed women are. Mm. And you see things when you go there or to countries like this, that it's just like, oh, ouch, that's that's really cold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm surprised, to be honest, that they were actually allowed to do this. Mm. Yeah. But, hey, it doesn't sound like anybody's complaining now, <laughs> having a positive effect on the community. It, it is. And I do think there was a lot of um, pushback from the community. And they did have to work hard to prove themselves and, and show that they are needed and they're worthy. I, I'm not worthy. I guess the word is... Um, you know, that they deserve to to be working there um, because they bring value to the community in that sense. Um, And so this community that these women are working in, um, they've been, they've been young women who have been trained to set up and manage solar microgrids to be, to bring electricity to the the area. And so that's in one, one uh, little town. There are two other microgrids being set up in two different other rural towns, which women there are also being trained up. So this is something that is growing so that even more women and, and other people, I'm sure men as well, um, and young people and, you know, whoever can get involved in this project. Um, it, yeah, and it's believed to be one of the first privately run energy sources in the country, which uh, is a big step. That's good news, good news. Yeah, that's right. So this project is run by the United Nations Development Program, which tackles the two main challenges um, in Yemen, which is access to affordable energy. So it tackles that issue. And it also provides income for women and young people. So um, this project is uh, reaching the community in those two ways. And it's, it's, it's managing to, to, I guess, solve those two problems. No, fantastic, fantastic. Good news right there. Yeah. So they're they're working towards uh, making more microgrids to get more people involved, but awesome, awesome projects happening around the world. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yep, yep. So more on some good news. Uh, We're jumping on a completely different subject. Um, A PhD student in Michigan has defended her dissertation while wearing a skirt made out of rejection letters (laughs) received while studying. Yes. So this one uh, is pretty funny. So when when, when, when life serves you lemons... (laughs) You make lemonade. Make lemonade. Make make lemonade. Make a skirt. (laughs) 
In this case, make a skirt. <laughs> yes. And so basically what Caitlin Kirby, 20, she's 29 years old. She, what she was making a point was that she printed out 17 of her rejection letters from scholarships, academic journals and conferences. She folded each one into a fan, connected them in a row, row and then she made it into sort of a skirt. Um, and I guess her point was, you know, a natural p- process of success or, or just a natural process of life is failure. It's rejection. Right. And I so- thought she was rubbing in the face of all of those people <laughs> who had rejected her and she's like, aha, now I have succeeded and I'm going to wear your rejection letter as a skirt for everybody to see just what a loser you are by rejecting me. No, 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 no. That was not her point. Her point. Uh, that would have been my point. That would have been yours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would have done that. <laughs> well, Caitlin, she wanted, she wanted the idea, she had a desire to normalise rejection and take pride in overcoming Overcoming that, um, she says that it's it's really important for students to get in the, into the habit of applying for things, to get used to feeling you know the rejection, and you know to continue to chase after opportunities um, despite what happens. So pushing people to just remain positive, keep trying. Rejection is part of the process, and don't let that limit you. So I think that's very very encouraging um, for Caitlin. Um, not only that, she's. Uh, what's actually pretty impressive about Caitlin is she's got a postdoctoral. Re- she's a postdoctoral researcher at the University of Nebraska, and um, when asked what does the future hold, she's saying, "I'm gearing up to receive a few more rejection letters along the way. <laughs> Maybe I'll make a longer skirt." <laughs> okay, so my question is, how 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 long <laughs> will the skirt last? Oh, I'm just sort of wondering. You know, <laughs> throw that thing in the wash. <laughs> Can't. Might not be such a good outcome. No, no. I think uh, I think it's just a one wear kind of thing. Yes, this would be this would be wear it for a photo shoot, just so that you can say this is what I've done, and this is you know how life goes. Yeah. And so I think we need to all remember: don't stop at one rejection letter. Exactly. Just keep going, keep going, keep, keep going. going. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different. So, in more serious news, we've got a few different stories here, so uh, let's see if we can get through them all. Uh, First of all, we do have to stop and note that in the United States, the polls have been wildly wrong, as they have been consistently (laughs) wildly wrong for the last 10 years or so. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, in basically every major election, from Brexit to the last two US elections to the Australian election, doesn't matter where you look, the polls are wildly wrong. They were predicting a landslide for the Democrats. They were saying that it was universally impossible for Trump to even be a contender and that it was going to be a historic rout. And what we're actually looking at now is a very, very close race. Yeah. With nobody yeah. knows. Nobody knows. We don't know. Be. But my big question is, why is it? that the polls are getting it so wrong. We used to be able to trust the polls and the more research and the more technology we get, it seems that we should be able to trust them more but we can actually trust them less. Mm. And I believe that it all comes down to bullying. It's bullying by the woke community that is keeping everybody silent but when they go into the privacy of a voting booth, they are silent no longer. Interesting. Yeah, that's my theory. Yeah, okay. Prove me wrong. <laughs> no, sorry. That's just my personal theory this morning. And of course, bullying is bad wherever it comes from. And bigotry is bad wherever it comes from. And I see a tremendous amount of bigotry in our world right now uh, that is just bullying people into silence. But 
yeah, when they walk into that polling booth and they are standing there by themselves, they tend to uh, speak their voice. Mm. Anyway, uh, let's see. On this day 100 years ago, of course, it was election time in the United States and Warren Harding was elected as President of the United States. A little bit of trivia this morning. Um, his mother and his aunt and his five siblings were all Seventh-day Adventists. Really? Yeah, and we're obviously uh, an Adventist radio station here. Um, his hospital of choice was the Battle Creek Sanitarium. Uh, he went there five times for treatment. Uh, in all, spent about a year there, so treated for depression and anxiety. Mm. Uh, you can't imagine that would be uh, a hard thing to be suffering with when you are President of the United States. Yeah. He was actually a big fan of natural remedies, which is why he sought out this particular hospital because they were big into natural remedies. Uh, both of his parents were practitioners in, in natural remedies. Uh, his younger sister was an Adventist missionary in Myanmar and his brother was became a prominent uh, Adventist doctor. So wow. there you go. Was he Adventist? No. Sadly, um, yeah, he lived a fairly hard lifestyle. Obviously, being president is yeah. high stress, but yeah. he combined that with two cigars a day, yeah. uh, an addiction to whiskey and brandy, yeah. even during Prohibition, and died of a heart attack at the age of 57. Mm. Calvin Coolidge came into power the next day, was sworn in, and uh, yeah, the rest okay. is history. So a little bit of trivia for you there this morning, mm. uh, which is interesting, I guess, for us yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, I hope you found it interesting as well. Okay, bigger news. The Supreme Court in the United States is about to hear a case called Fulton versus Philadelphia. And this is around the issue of faith-based organizations and religious liberty. And so the Catholic Social Services in Philadelphia runs a foster care and adoption agency. These are very, very important uh, works that need to take place. They had a policy or have a policy of not placing children with LGBT plus couples mm. based on their religious convictions. When the city of Philadelphia heard that, they cancelled their licence to be a uh, foster or adoption agency and uh, uh, finished their contract and so the uh, Catholic Social Services then sued on the basis of religious liberty as this is an infringement on their religious liberty and their religious practice. It was heard by the Third Circuit Court which found unanimously for the state of uh, the city of Philadelphia. Really? Against the Catholic Social Services. Oh. Now... This has now gone to the Supreme Court. It's going to be very, very interesting to watch because for a number of reasons. One is we have a very conservative Supreme Court. Two is that we have a very Roman Catholic Supreme Court. So out of nine justices, seven of them are Catholic. <laughs> and so you kind of wonder, okay, you know, regardless of whether they're liberal or conservative or otherwise, which direction are these guys going to be voting? Mm -hmm. uh, it has been very, very hard for the Supreme Court to protect religious liberty in the United States since the Smith decision in 1990. And basically what the Smith decision stated was that if the government made a law that was not specifically targeting religion, the government could make any law it wanted, even though it did affect religion. And so basically what Smith said was if you want 
protection from religion, the only for religious liberty, the only way you can get protection for religious liberty is to have your representatives elected into power. Okay. So now religious liberty becomes the prerogative of the majority yeah and that defeats the purpose of having a constitution because the majority never needs protection yeah it's protected simply by the fact that it is a majority yeah the purpose of a constitution is not to protect the majority the purpose of a constitution is to protect the minority and basically the smith decision completely gutted the free exercise of the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. And that has meant that, you know, in many of these religious liberty cases that have gone to the Supreme Court, such as in the cake wars and so forth, the Supreme Court has tried to protect religious liberty within the bounds of the Smith decision and only been able to produce very, very narrow um, outcomes for religious liberty, which has been incredibly hard for them. What they're actually thinking at the moment is that this particular case might cause the Supreme Court to revisit the Smith decision. And if they do, that will be incredibly interesting uh, to watch in the United States. In fact, that will be far more uh, a monumental than the outcome of the election that will take place in the next couple of days. Really? Oh, Yes. Uh, this is this is this is actually really big news. Okay, so watch this space. See what happens with uh, Fulton versus Philadelphia in the Supreme Court. Um, yeah, a bunch of different outcomes that could come there. One of the questions, of course, uh, and, and concerns that've been raised is what about LGBT plus youth who are in foster care? And it's been pointed out that they have a higher percentage of children in foster care who are LGBT plus than uh, in the broader community and what's going to happen in those kinds of situations. Will they be discriminated against? I find it pretty hard to imagine that they would be. Uh, there's you know, no history of this. And, of course, then you've got the fear mongers out there who are saying, well, if we open this particular door, it's going to open the door for, um, for people to discriminate on the basis of race. Well, that's just patently ridiculous. Mm. Um, anybody who... Uh, did that would be um, quite foolish. Anyway, I did say I'd talk about feral animals. Yes, yeah. I have a bee in my bonnet about feral animals. <laughs> I am not a friend of feral animals. No. In Australia, we have a bunch of feral animals. Let me list the ones that came from the United Kingdom. Ooh. Okay, the fox, the cat, the blackbird, uh, rabbits, goats, pigs, donkeys, horses, deer, sparrows, starlings, pigeons, doves, hares, rats, and mice. You know, Australia would be a lot better place (laughs) without these feral animals, right? I don't don't mind cats, though. So long as they stay inside your home. Oh, that's true. Feral cats. Yeah, feral cats are like the most brutal. (laughs) We we lose 20 million native animals per day to to feral feral cats. cats. All right. I don't like them anymore. Well, we're getting getting our own back on the UK because wallabies are on the loose. (laughs) Becoming an invasive species in the UK. So we're sending a little bit of, uh, you know, they send us their foxes and cats. We just send them cuteness. <laughs> so they shouldn't complain. Anyway, uh, caught up with Anna Beden during the week. She has just released a new series of songs, like little short mini songs Ooh. on Facebook, uh, all about the Book of Proverbs. One per day she's been doing. Been amazing. So we're going to listen to a few of those Facebook songs right now. You say you love 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. It is Interview of the Daytime and joining us on the phone is very, very well-known Anna Beaton. Anna, welcome to the show. Woohoo! Oh, guys, thanks so much for having me. Hey, Anna, I have a quick question. Are we still allowed to call you Anna Beaton when we talk about your music? <laughs> yeah, I think... Yeah, it's a good question. I am Anna Lindbeck now, but I think I'm going to retain Anna Beaton for music stuff. You know, I have a bit of a lower profile, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so Anna Beaton stays as the stage name, but congratulations on your uh, on your on your wedding and your marriage. Um, some super nice oh, photos up there on Facebook and so forth. But uh, Anna, you're a singer songwriter. We play your stuff mm. fairly regularly here on Faith FM, and love to get you to, to jump on and talk about it whenever something new comes out. And yeah. kind of suddenly, we saw a whole bunch of a whole slew of new work coming from Anna Beaton on Facebook. What's that all about? <laughs> Yeah, well, I decided to do a challenge this month uh, for October. There's 31 days in October, and there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. Um, And I just thought, look, why don't I just read a proverb every day, like read a chapter? And um, because, to be honest, I was feeling a little bit, like, lost. I finished reading through the Bible, which is one of my goals. Um, It actually took me, like, three years. But I was just feeling so lost, and for, like, a month or two, I didn't really have anything consistent to read, and I kind of lost a bit of momentum and then I was like that's it I'm going to get back into Proverbs and I ended up realizing that when I write a song I really engage with the content um just so much better and so I thought look I'm going to try and challenge myself even to write a song about it like almost as like a reflection back to God or or to try and really do the message justice um and it was just a way of me actually processing the scriptures like more personally and um, yeah, so I'm back on the challenge and it's been wild, yeah. <laughs> so in, in some ways you could say this is a process of putting Proverbs back to music again because originally it was written as music. Oh, I did not actually know that. That's, yeah, well, maybe, maybe that was my calling. Yeah, I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Proverbs, back in song again after 2000 years. Um, no, that's, that's, fantastic. A, that's a really good lead-in. I love that. <laughs> yeah, praise God. Okay, so now let me just wrap my head around this. 31 Mm. chapters in Proverbs, 31 days in October, uh, and uh, one song per day? Is that that really the challenge here? Yeah, Yeah, that that is the challenge. I actually didn't really think think about that aspect. But, yeah, I've had to spend like an hour or so every day like prioritising songwriting about Proverbs. Um, And I didn't really realise, like, of course it takes so much effort to write a song. I don't know, but uh, um, some of them have come really naturally, though. Like, some of them, it's like five minutes, I'm like, whoa, like, I feel like I've really, wow, it's, it's really cool. I don't know, the whole experience has been really interesting. So when do we get to, <laughs> when do we get to have uh, our Proverbs in Song uh, album with 31, <laughs> 31 new songs on it? When's, when's that one going to come oh, out? Oh, man, that would be crazy. Um, I think, I think, I don't know if, like, I really felt that connected to all of them. So I, I feel like I probably, I'm, I may just release a few songs that are inspired by the problems, just some that I really felt like was such an awesome message. And um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if I would do like a whole 31 songs. So I feel like you might be pushing ones out that you, you are know, just to get it out rather than it being like really quality. So I think, I don't know, there's like a four or five that I feel like really, really resonated. So I'm, I may just, you know, release an album that are inspired by the Proverbs. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> sure. Now, a lot of these songs, I guess, they're 
kind of short um, and that makes mm. sense because you're writing them, you know, once a day. And so mm. – but it also suits the theme of Proverbs, doesn't it, having short songs? Yes, totally, because I feel like Proverbs, sometimes I felt like every verse could have been a song. Like they're just little punchy, like like sometimes they, they don't even weave together, but they're just like, whoa, that's an amazing idea. Oh, that's another one. Like there's just so many um, – yeah, they're just short, sharp, like, inspirational, like, kind of, yeah, verses. So, yeah, I feel like I probably did follow that kind of theme. And also it was a lot to make, like, a three to four minute song every day. So um, tell me, what's the process? Tell us about the creative process of having your devotions and writing a song. I think there's probably some other people out there in the community mm. who are uh, musical and be like, yeah, I'd love to write a song, but how, where, how do mm. I start? Where, where, where do I go? I'm having my devotions. I'm learning new things about God. I'd love to put this mm. to music, but tell us about the process that you go through. Mm, okay, yeah. Well, um, so I, I definitely start with actually just reading the words, and I, I write out any verses that I felt like really stood out to me, um, and sometimes things connect together or... So I have those verses at the top of a book that I have, this large book that I just have a fresh page every day, and that always inspires me. I write Proverbs 3 on the top. I write out the verses that I really connected with. Um, And then I kind of think, what instrument do I want to play today? Um, I've got like a little piano thing I can play, a guitar, a ukulele. If it's like a positive vibe, I usually bring out the ukulele. Um, If it's something more somber, I can bring out the guitar. Um, guitar's a bit easier because my piano has to plug in through my laptop and stuff. Um, so I don't know, I kind of pick the instrument that I'm feeling might go along with the verses I've picked out. Um, and then it kind of, I kind of fiddle around with chords to try and feel the vibe. So if it's like a, kind of maybe more serious, I pick some more minory sort of things and try to weave them out. Honestly, that was quite the challenge trying to discover new chord progressions because I actually do resort back to like, you know, just like, C, F, G, A minor, like real easy kind of chords. But it really pushed me this whole season to try and, I don't know, sometimes I was even playing things I had no idea what the name of the chord was, but I was like, that just sounds like it goes. Um, so I'd find something that would, like, you know, do a couple of loops around with those three or four chords that I'd picked out. Um, and then I would just kind of, like, sing out loud, just go over some of the verses, um, Sometimes I would stop and I would just write, rewrite the verses out, um, trying to retain as much of what it meant, but with rhyming so that it, it could be sung like really nicely and neatly. Um, so if some words would go together better, I could flip around the sentence or whatever. Um, so I'd try and write it out like a bit of a poem, rewrite it, and then, and then just go through, just re- I don't know. And as I just like, I, pretty much I would, use, I don't know, maybe go over that chord progression 10 times, singing it like three or four times until I locked into something, and then, yeah, and then I would just have a crack, like, recording it. Nah, that's um, fantastic. What a, what, a, what a great process. And then uh, and then throwing yeah. it up on uh, Facebook for all of us to enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I was honestly really nervous about at the start. Like, I actually was only going to be sending them to my one friend called Kemi. Um, I just emailed them to her every day, and she was like, this is so cool. Like, are you going to post these? And I was like, that was on the first day, and I was like, I don't know. And then I just posted the first one, and people were like, this is so cool, I'm going to follow your journey. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm like really, really like have to do this now. <laughs> so, so so, you're doing one per day. Does that mean that there's a few uh, a few in there that you may be like slightly less proud of? <laughs> I think so. And in fact, I actually only posted ones that I felt like really came together well and like 
yeah, that I kind of, so honestly, the ones that, because there's days that are missing, I actually didn't post every day. And those are usually ones that, honestly, I might have forgotten to written it until like 11 p.m. Like there might have been something in the morning. So I'm like, oh, and I'm just like winging it. Um, so there's some that literally I just sent to Kenny, my friend, and I'm like, okay, I'm winging this tonight. And I just like sing to her a random lullaby um, <laughs> from just straight from the words. And sometimes it doesn't match or. Um, yeah, I don't know. So some of them were just a little bit, or some of them just like acapella, like, mm, yeah, mm, so, and they're like rapping, but just for fun. And I knew I wouldn't be posting those ones. Um, was, 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 so, there, yeah, so, was there some of them where Kemi just gave you some honest advice and said, yeah, don't post that one? <laughs> well, no, because she normally checks them like maybe like once a week because, you know, she's getting an email every day from me. <laughs> so she was like, yeah, cool, I'll check them when I can. Like, um, so normally she'll just give me like five emails back, just oh this was cool, this was good, oh yeah, didn't like that. Like so yeah, she would give me definitely honest feedback, but nothing like you should post or not post this. I guess the kind of just gut instinct was like this is probably not one I'm going to post. And there was many days I'm like oh I probably won't post this one, but then as it came more and more, I was like no, nah, this is actually no, nah, this is such an important message. Now nah, I've got to do this. So then I'd like commit like for the next half an hour, an hour because it sometimes did take like a bit bit extra to really make it that that thing that really, I don't know, really clicked with me and I felt comfortable posting it. So, yeah, that was kind of an interesting part. So do you think once the, once the month is over, which it, uh, well, by the time this interview goes to air, it, it is over, um, <laughs> yeah. will you go back and revisit some of the ones that you struggled with that, that we haven't heard yet? Well, I have thought about that because my brother was saying that I should I should put them on YouTube in like a little like series because um, I think on, on social media it can kind of just get pushed down below to, you know, the less frequent posts or like, you know, your old posts. And where YouTube people could be researching proverbs and they could come across this little series that I've made of proverbs. Um, so I think, I don't know, that's a really good question. Like I, I think there are definitely... Um, yeah, like I'd be happy posting up all the ones that I've already posted on social media onto YouTube. But I, yeah, I think maybe I would probably revisit those ones um, and yeah, maybe sharpen them up a little or make them actually make sense if I did them at 11pm trying to scrape in the day, you know. Sure, sure. Now we were just listening at the, uh, before you came on air, we are just listening to Proverbs chapter one. Uh, yeah. What, what, what was this one all about? Oh, this one was so good because it, it really... Um, like it, it really set the stage for Proverbs. Like it really um, had a had a uh, an awesome call towards like like when you're wise and you increase in learning, like and you uh, like and you um, have guidance, like your life will like flourish. Like it really encourages you on this path towards really listening to wisdom, like really heeding advice. And I felt like I it really centered me on I need to really try and take in the advice that's happening here. This is written by one of the wisest persons um, inspired by God. And I feel like um, he's learned a thing or two about life and I, I could really learn a lot from him. So honestly, it was kind of like a prayer. Um, basically the lyrics, yeah, obviously you heard them, but like help me to listen to your voice, help me to hear you through all the noise. And I just, I don't know, I feel like life is very cluttered, lots of messages and I wanted to really hear God. And then I feel like one of the key parts was not just to listen and have like the knowledge, but to actually be wise about what you know. Um, so the next line says, convert what I know into seeds I can sow, like I can actually apply um, what you're saying, Lord, to my life. And um, someone said this quote to me and it really stuck with me. They said, um, knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit. 
but wisdom is knowing that it doesn't go in fruit salad. Um, so I don't know, like that kind of clicked with me. Like I want this to be practical knowledge, um, but then it's turned into wisdom, like actually a wise way of living and integrated into our actual life. So it was kind of like a prayer. I really liked how, yeah, I just thought it was a really awesome opening I felt to Proverbs. Fantastic. Uh, another one of the ones that uh, has seemed to be very popular was Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, you want to just mm. share with us? Maybe we'll just listen to that one real quick. Okay, perfect. Sounds good. Why do we have the Lord? Why did you give it to us, Lord? Do you say keep it or else? Or is it something else? Please show Proverbs 3 that we've just been uh, listening to right here. Um, yeah, what? tell us a little bit about this one. Yeah, okay. So this one just came at such a beautiful time. I had I had like an hour and a half um, conversation with the mentor I had about like, you know, the law and commandments. And I feel like he was actually sharing with me this concept of like punitive judgment as opposed to like natural consequences. And like, do we believe that God comes out of nowhere and just, Slams us down like when we step out of line because he told us not to and then we did it anyway. Um, or is the law kind of like, hey, this is actually the best way to live. And, um, and, and if you step out of it, there'll be natural consequences. Like I'm not smashing you, but like, but there was a reason I told you that the other way was best. Um, and so I don't know. It was just really eye opening. I had a, I've had like heaps of conversations about it since then, but it was weird because the next day I read these verses, right? So it said, my son, do not forget my teaching. Let let your heart keep my commandments. For, um, and so he's like, keep my commandments. But the reason why is in verse two, for the length of the length of your days and the years of your life and peace that they will add to you. And I was like, whoa! The reason why we keep this commandment is because it will it will help us have a full and rich life full of peace. Um, and that's exactly why it's not just like. I want to make sure that you'll you'll actually obey me and stay in the lines. Um, but it's like, man, this is just what what's best for you because I love you. And I don't know, it was just re- revolutionary at the moment, um, at the time. And I don't know, I really, yeah, I really loved it. I wrote it on ukulele as well, so it's kind of like vibrant. I kind of like it. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. There's a few different ones here. We might listen to uh, a few more as just we work our way through the uh, the end of this video. Yeah. Um, what about yeah. chapter four? What about Proverbs chapter four? What's what's Proverbs? So we've heard three. What's what's four all about? Yeah, four. Um, I don't know. I just really like the style of four. Um, it's just it's kind of a call to try and keep your heart um like vigilant because from your heart flows. Um, there's a in the verse that said, "From your heart flows the spring of life." Um, and like you know, what goes into your heart comes out of your heart. And I feel like you know, everyone tries to be loving, and you know, we all I feel like we want, we all desire to love and care for each other, but. Like, what are you really putting into your heart and really to um, keep your mind and your heart focused on, on things of God and, and positive things? And I don't know, again, in our world, like so much information and, and craziness. Um, yeah, I think it's really important to be discerning about what goes in. So, yeah, I really loved, um, loved making that one. Let's listen to it real quick. Yeah, perfect. Da, 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 dun, dun, dun. Keep your heart, keep your heart Vigilant, vigilant For from it flows the spring Flows the springs of life Eyes look forward Set your gaze before you Ponder the path Ponder the path of your feet Oh, let your eyes look forward Oh, set your gaze before you Ponder the path of your feet Ponder the path of your feet So let your eyes look forward Set your gaze before you Keep on, keep strong you got it. And that was Proverbs 4. Okay, so we've got a little bit of time left. Um, let's talk about one more. This one, let's go further down through the book of uh, – we'll listen to a few early ones. Let's go further down in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs yep. 23 was one that I listened to that um, is kind of fun, it's kind of clever, and it's kind of heavy at the same time. <laughs> 23, what, what's, what's going on here in Proverbs 23? Yeah, well, Proverbs 23. Um, so this one is all about, uh, like Solomon has some solid verses about um, alcohol. And he kind of just talks about like actually being careful, like don't look at wine when it's red in the cup, although it sparkles, you know, it could lure you in, it could mess you up. And I, I kind of added in mess you up, but I feel like I, I was summarizing all the things he was sharing about um you know, like wounds without cause. Like you're like, oh, how did I break my arm? Oh, it's because like when you're drunk, you don't know what's going on. Like, um, and so yeah, all these accidents and different things. You wake up and you're like, whoa, what what happened? Um, and and like he says, he says in the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Um, and strange and perverse things your heart will utter. So you're kind of a bit out of control. You don't know what you're doing. So I don't know. And I'm also kind of passionate about alcohol. Like, like really. If you think of all the things that come from alcohol, like domestic violence, car crashes, like imprisonments, like 
um, deaths, premature deaths from alcohol. Like it just, there's, I don't know, it, there's just so much bad that comes from it. And I just, I personally am just like, what's, what's the point? Like, and I really just never want to touch this stuff. Um, and yet it's so glorified and uplifted in our culture. So I don't know. I just, maybe I'm swimming against the grain, but I'm on Solomon with this one. Don't look at wine when it's red in the cup. Although it sparkles, it can mess you up. Oh, wounds without cause, eyes red and sore, full of sorrow and full of woe. Oh, and in the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder, stings like an Anna Bowden has been fantastic having you on the show here again. We always enjoy your music whenever it uh, is produced and we look forward to being able to play a whole bunch of these uh, Proverbs recordings here on the radio station. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much, Lyle. Enjoy them, guys. Have a good one. And uh, taking us out is going to be Proverbs chapter 6 with ants. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Go to the ants, oh sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Oh, okay. Check out this. An ant can lift 20 times its own body weight in a second grader if it was able to be as strong as the ant. Go to the end, oh sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Oh, oh, okay. Well, ants are born without ears, makes you think how could they hear?
for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.